Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. I'm David Wilson and I am joined as always on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Um, we are going to have Gregory Rousseau coming on the show in a little bit here. I guess he's technically now former Miami defensive end. Uh, we'll talk to him about um, the hurricane season, what he's up to right now as he's preparing for the draft up in Pensacola and um, his whole career and, you know, just kind of wide ranging about his decision to opt out and, and everything. Um, lo- lots of Canes talk. Um, but first, let's do really quickly. Um, Miami plays NC State this weekend. Miami coming off a bye, trying to finally win a game coming off a bye. Uh, but the secret... Uh, maybe the secret concoction here is uh, that cl- NC State is also coming off a bye. That got that got you pretty excited, right, Susan? <laughs> um, well, I, I think it makes it uh, a little more, you know, it's equal uh, now. I, I mean, I, I really do have this theory. I, I, I mean, you could test it out, obviously, but I, I, at least for UM, uh, that I don't think buys are beneficial always. I, I think what Manny Diaz says about uh, if they co- happen to come when there are a lot of injuries, yes, a lot yeah. of major. So that, in that way, it actually might have been perfect timing for Miami. We can talk about that in a minute, but yeah, continue. But I, but, I, but David, I, like otherwise, it's very hard. I think for any human being to like, if you're in a pattern of playing every week, you know, and you're in a rhythm. Um, I think these guys need to play every week. I, I think it helps, and when you go an extra week, it just takes some of the, some of the wind out of it you know yeah i I don't think it's uh beneficial so so the idea that nc state had one too they're kind of equal yeah yeah and uh as you alluded to um it can be beneficial if there's a bunch of injuries and stuff and and there are there's one big injury that miami seems to be now uh in the clear from and that's brevin jordan who missed the last two games made diaz made it sound like uh, he's gonna play on saturday um, but there is also uh, the COVID uh, question, right? That is, but, yeah. what is Miami's roster going to look like? We know six freshmen missed the game, uh, I guess, two weeks ago, the the Virginia game. Um, obviously, undisclosed reasons at the time, but I think anyone with who uh, you know is following college football this year, when there's undisclosed reasons for a player absence this year, um, there's a pretty good chance it's the coronavirus and – um, source confirmed to the Herald that, that the players missed. Not for COVID-related concerns is, is the phraseology we keep using because uh, we don't know who tested positive. We don't know if any of them tested positive. We just know they were someone tested positive or was in close contact with someone who did, which forced them to, to isolate. So we don't know what it's going to look like for Miami this week. We don't know. Well, we do know that over the week last weekend um, when Miami was on the bye more players were put into isolation. Um, yeah. Again, we don't know if there were positive tests. We don't know if it was just because of contact tracing, but we know that there was some uh, mop-up duty, basically. They had to they had to make sure they kept it in check. So we really don't know what the roster is going to look like Friday when Miami uh, kicks off in Raleigh. No, what, no, not exactly. And, you know, since we do know the other six guys were freshmen, um, you know, there's good chance that a lot of these guys, if more guys uh, were around people with COVID, uh, you know, through contact 
tracing or whatever that maybe a lot of them are on the younger side. Yeah. I think a lot of those freshmen, we know at least a couple of those guys who are out are roommates. Um, obviously, you tend to room with the guys in your class, so and you tend to hang out with that group. So it makes sense that if one of them got it or had a girlfriend who had it, um, then it can spread pretty quickly through. Yeah, and you know, you know, David. Also, what people don't realize that I mean, the the contact tracing, the guys that are isolating, they all have to isolate. Yes. But if you have not tested positive, right, but you've been around, you've been a close contact, that's what they say with one of the guys who did test positive, then uh, you have to you, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. Whereas the guys who, no matter what, whereas the guys who test positive uh, have to quarantine a, a, just a minimum of 10 days. It doesn't mean they're you know, they're fine after 10 days. It's right. Like it's like 10 days and multiple negative but, tests. And the, and the reason is somebody asked me, why is that? If they, that, you know, one of them has not tested positive and it's because, because you never know when, at what point you are going to test positive. Right. There's a 14 day incubation right. period, as they say. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's good that, you know, I've, I've asked, Blake James AD, if you know if he was worried at all about them actually getting the game in, game in at NC State, and he said no. So, I mean, to me, it's kind of a halfway of a miracle that this program has, if they do get to play this game, it will have been seven straight games. I don't want to jinx them, but mm-hmm. without um, without having to postpone like FIU, you know, or right. or cancel. Yeah, um, and he just kind of thoughts going into this NC State game? What what are you kind of looking for from Miami? Uh, well, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for the Canes to you know continue with their you know uh, receiving game, bolstering that up like they did the last game mm-hmm. and also they need to get a rushing uh, yeah. you know, run run game going. Yeah, it's it's easy. I mean, we talk about it probably like so much that it's like parody at this point, but it's all about the offense. Like I trust the defense. The defense is what it is. It's good. It might not be like top five in the country. Good, but it's good enough to win you most games. Um, It's all about the offense. And, and I think the two, the question going into every game is what is the offense going to look like? Because obviously they've shown they can win with very many different styles. Um, To me, it's kind of still all eyes on the receivers. I know you mentioned the running game and, but I kind of just have faith in those guys. Like I know Cam's been bad for a couple of weeks, but like he's produced. I know he can be good. I know those freshmen are good. I know Dier can run. I'm, I'm still, you know, the jury's obviously very much still out on what this wide receivers group is and stringing two good performances together would go a long way. I think to providing some confidence that they've kind of got this figured out for the back half of the season. All right, um, let's take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we will be joined by Greg Rousseau. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, uh, we are back and we are joined by a very special guest this week. Uh, I guess we call him former Miami defensive end now. Uh, We're joined by Greg Rousseau. Uh, Greg, what's up? What's up? How's it going? Doing good. How how are things been? You're up in Pensacola, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. How have things been up there? What what have you been up to? Just a lot of working out? Yeah, a lot of working out, just getting better at like different parts of my game, whether it's like getting more explosive or working my hands, lining up in different positions all across the defensive line, all that type of stuff. Well, what brought you up to Pensacola, just out of curiosity? Uh, that's just the facility I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, what's it like compared to uh, South Florida? Yeah, I would think that, that that's got to be Seminole country, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely different, for sure. It's not like Miami at all. Uh, but like, really, I don't, I didn't, really, I didn't really go there to have fun or anything. I just went there just to work out. So I just work out. I go to class on Zoom and stuff, do my schoolwork, and that's about it. Oh, you're still going to class, huh? Yeah, I'm still working towards getting my degree. That's awesome. When do you expect your degree and what, what will it be in? Criminology, probably sometime next year. Boy, that's great. That must be very yeah. important to your family. Yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, what's it, what's it been like for you watching this season? I can see you tweet after pretty much every game, uh, being pretty excited with the way things are going. Just What, what has it been like to you for you to, to watch this from afar? Uh, it's been cool, you know. Um, it, it is pretty weird not be, not playing out there with all them boys, but I mean, I'm happy for them. They're really prospering, having 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 a great year. A lot of them are my close friends, so just for me to be able to watch them ball out, it's it means everything to me. And I'm root, I'm rooting them on whether whether it's like a win or a loss or whatever. I mean, I'm gonna be rooting on the whole season. Hey, Greg, I I'm just wondering as far as the season goes. Yeah, uh, did you watch the Clemson game? Yeah, I watched all the games. You did so. So, um, like, what was it like for you? You know, what were you? What was your experience while watching the game? And do you think uh, if you ever should play them again, do the Hurricanes realistically have a shot? And why? But first, what was it like watching that game for you? Uh, I was, it was like watching a football game, like like I always <laughs> do on Saturdays. I was just watching, you know, I was just um, watching my my close friends and seeing what they were putting out there, and I was rooting for them to all make plays. About it, though, really. Did you think? Uh, were you? How disappointed were you? I mean, did you think they actually had a shot? Yeah, they definitely had a shot. I mean, they didn't get blown out like 59 zip or anything. Like they had a couple things not go their way. Like even like the first drive, like we could have had an interception or or a fourth down stop. But like we got there was a call that they made. I think they called it offside. Mm-hmm. It was really like a, I don't right. know if it was a good call or not. But like games can go so many different ways. And and if, and if we made a couple more plays or a couple more things didn't go our way, a couple less penalties. Like, that game could have been a, a seven-point game, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching it as a fan, but I was definitely rooting for my friends. And I feel like if I'm playing them again, they'll definitely, they'll definitely have a chance. I feel like with the way the offense is playing, the addition of King and the whole entire D-line, the way they're playing, I feel like Miami can hang with anybody. 
Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about that defensive line because, you know, when, when we thought you were going to be playing, I think we looked at it and we were like, wow, th- this is probably going to be the best defensive ends group in the country. And, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're, there's a chance you're going to be a first round pick. So, so you're, it's a big loss that you're not out there. But Quincy, I think, ha- has lived up to all the expectations we had for him. Um, Jalen has looked great also. Um, how much, when, when you decided you weren't going to play this year, did you kind of expect this from those guys? Did, did you kind of leave no, having confidence that, that even without you, that would have a chance to be, you know, a, a really elite group? Yeah, 100%, you know. I feel like Jalen Phillips is a great player, and so is Quincy Roche. I feel like those dudes are ultra-talented. So I knew there wasn't going to be, like, a, a huge drop-off of production. I feel like both of those dudes are going to play in the NFL, and God willingly, I'll play in the NFL too. But, yeah, I mean, that D-line is completely stacked. Also, Jade Silvera in the interior, I mean, he's playing great. Harrison Hunt's playing really good. So, yeah, I feel like that D-line's loaded no matter if I'm playing there or not. Yeah, Jared has been, in a lot of ways, I think, kind of like the out-of-nowhere guy this season. We'd heard so much about, like, how athletic he was and, and all that, but I, I think he still leads the team in sacks. Did you see this coming for him? Like, what, what was he doing in the spring? Were there signs that this kind of breakout was coming for him? Uh, Yeah, 100%. I mean, the dude... He's a big dude. He jumps super high. He played basketball actually in high school and stuff like that. So just the athleticism's there. And it was about him just putting uh, putting the work in and getting getting his technique right and all that stuff. And he really and he's really done a job with that. And I'm I'm really proud of him. And I'm he really reminded me of, me of like me last year. You know, like coming off the bench and stuff and just making the most out of the snaps. And I feel like he's been dominant when he's on the field. I, I'm definitely looking forward to watching the play this Friday. Do you um? Greg, do you keep in touch with any of those guys, like or Manny Diaz or Coach Shroud? You know, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, who do you talk to? I talk to a whole bunch of them, whether it's like in group chats or like me just uh, reaching out and stuff like that. I'm in contact with all with the whole team, pretty much. Like at least all the people I was in contact with uh, before. Yeah. Do they ever ask you for advice, or do you ever give any? Yeah, for sure. And they give me advice too. You know, like. When you play football, it's not just like everything's about football or anything. Those are like my friends. So if I'm even if I need advice about other things, I'll go to them and talk to them. And and yeah, it's 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 a friendship and a brotherhood. It's not really just football, football, football. So at the end of the day, everybody bleeds, everybody cries. You know, we're all regular people. So those are still my friends. Uh, Greg, you know, you told me right when you decided to to opt out, you said it really does take a piece out of my heart. Um, in what way did, did it hurt most? Does it still hurt you in any way? And do you ever get a feeling of, man, I wish I were out there playing with my guys now? Yeah, I do get that feeling a lot, especially when I watch them play. But, like, I had I had a decision to make, and I made a real tough decision. But, yeah, I definitely miss it a lot. More than just, like, playing, I miss, like, little things like going on, like, playing rides and, uh, and mess around the locker room and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really do miss it for sure. Who who is your roommate? Did you have a roommate before? Uh yeah, Nesta Silvera. <laughs> so you're you're probably especially close with him, right? Yeah, definitely. That's my boy. <laughs> he's he's uh he's obviously you said he's doing he's doing very well. Um, yeah, he is. I'm re- I'm real happy for him. And I'm real proud of him. And I I also wanted to ask you about your family, Greg. Is your mom still, you know, working as a nurse at Florida Medical Center? And is your dad still repairing fire trucks for Miami-Dade and, and, and your brother? How are those guys? 
Oh yeah, they're all they're all doing good. My mom's not working no more. Cause she was working like in the hospital, so she's she's done. But but yeah, like my, my dad still is though. So that's do you feel better? I mean, I know you you said you left. Obviously, you opted out because of COVID. Um, yeah. You know, like I'm sure you're feeling probably better that your mom has a hospital situation. But uh, how have you kept yourself? You know, how tough is that now? And I, we know that UM's had players quarantining the past couple weeks. Um, you know what? Just that whole COVID thing. How have you? How have you dealt with it? I guess. Uh, just like just going day by day, wearing my mask and just staying safe. Really, that's that's all I could do. You know, Coach Dean used to say like you could only control the controllables, and that that's not just for football. That's just for life. You know, so that's what I'm doing. Is it different in your area, you know, where you are now, Pensacola, than it is in South Florida? Do you, do you kind of get a feeling as far as people's attitudes to wearing stuff like that? Uh, I feel like it's different everywhere you go in the country. You know, some places wear more masks than others, and some places really don't care about the virus at all. So it's, I feel like it's different no matter no matter if you're like in Texas or Florida, New York is different everywhere. What about where you are, though? That's pretty good. It's okay. pretty good. I mean, I mean, there's, you still see some people without a mask, but I mean, I can't mm-hmm. control that, you know. Greg, I, w- I want to go back real quick to to you and Nesta because you know I, I knew both of you guys in high school, um, and yeah, you guys did not seem like very different personalities. It seems like you know Nesta was was very at least in high school, you know, very brash and um, all that. You were a little bit more. Uh, I guess a little quieter. Seemed like always seemed like maybe a yeah. little more laid back. Well, what made you guys so close? It seems like you guys have been close basically since since you guys probably met on the you know when you were both getting recruited. Yeah, that is when we started growing close. You know, just coming to school together and just being on the Sandy Live, both being freshmen and stuff like that. And and yeah, kind of like some of his personality rubbed off on me, and then some of mine rubbed off on him. You know, uh-huh. it's like that's how it is when you have a, when you have like when you're when you're good friends with somebody. It's like they, they get some of your good traits, and then I, I got some of his good traits, you know? And, and, like, I can say, like, a trait that I might have got from him is, like, you know, just being, like, just uh, expressing your opinion, you know, nothing crazy, just speaking up more, because I feel like I was a little bit more quiet and, like, collected to myself when I got to college. So, yeah, we definitely rubbed off on each other, for sure. What do you think he got from you? Uh, I don't know, probably... Uh, I can't. I can't really speak. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know what I, I know what I got from him, though. Yeah. Um, you finished your career here at Miami. Fifteen and a half sacks, nineteen and a half tackles for loss. I, I don't know the number of games you played, but it was not very much more than nineteen. Uh, I guess. Yeah. It was fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, fewer than nineteen. So a sack a game. What was the secret to your success ultimately? When you kind of look back. Um, is it like astonishing when you think about how productive you were in, in, in such a small time? Yeah, I feel like it's really just a blessing from the man above, you know, for me to be able to go out there and do that is it's nothing but God. But I also feel like I put in a lot of work, you know. I had a great uh medical staff that helped me get back from my injury when I broke my ankle my freshman year, so just kudos to them and, and Jeff Ruiz and Vinny Scavo and just helping me out. Coach David Feely helped me transform my body after my freshman season. And it's helped me get my confidence back. I also feel like uh, Coach Stroud helped, helped me when he came. He taught me a lot of stuff. And then, of course, Diaz, from the start, he's the one who recruited me. He's, he believed in me at, uh, at first and all. 
So a big, big props to him. You know, he's the reason why I'm at, why I was able to go to Miami. So just having that great supporting cast, I really feel like it, it brought me to the next level. And I'm I'm blessed. And I'm grateful that I'll be able that I was able to be a part of such a great program. I'm sure in the next few months here, when we get a little closer to the draft, you know, they do features on all the guys and you know what the, their backgrounds, where they came from, who they are. I'm sure your story is going to probably catch a lot of people's attention. And you know, you were a wide receiver and a, and a safety for a lot of your high school career. Um, yeah. And obviously, Miami recruited you as a defensive end. Uh, you you were not necessarily quite as highly recruited as you know a lot of other guys probably on the team. Um, you mentioned Coach Diaz seeing you and believing in you. What, what do you remember yeah. from the beginning of the recruiting process? Do, do you remember like kind of the first time he, he talked to you and, and kind of said, yeah, I do. we, we I do. have these big I expectations do. for you as a defensive end? What, what was that like? Uh, well, I remember the first time we talked to me, it was on Green Tree. It was when like the fields were going like, they were going the way they're going now, but there was no indoor. You know what I'm talking about? Right, yeah. And it was like a turf, there was a turf field. That's when I first talked to him. My coach was like, oh, yo, look, that's the, that's the DC because many Diaz. And I like met him and stuff, just talked to him. And then they offered me later that summer after a camp. And that, at that camp, I worked out at receipt, not RC. I worked out at DN, linebacker, and safety. So they offered me, Coach Rick offered me and stuff. And then I then I talked to Coach Diaz, I think, before Paradise Camp, like, in person. And he, was, and, like, he was just like, he was just telling me about how, like, he could see, like, Manny Lawson. And he coached Manny Lawson right. and stuff. Or he was on the staff at NC State with him and, and Mario Williams and all those those really good things. He's like, yeah, I see that in you. You're tall. You have length. You can run. So just him being able to like, be being him being able to look at me and say like, I I, I can see you translating into this type of player. This type of player really made me know like, yeah, this dude has a plan for me. He's he knows what I can become. So I really trusted him and I I trusted the process and it worked out. I'm really I'm really grateful for Coach Diaz, honestly. What would freshman year, true freshman Gregor, so would have looked like? Obviously, you had that ankle injury. We didn't. You know, you didn't get to play very much. You, you were still probably kind of gaining weight, getting up to your full, you know, maturity. What what was freshman Greg Rousseau going to look like if you'd gotten to play? Do you, do you kind of think about what that season would have been like? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think about it because, like, everything happens for a reason. And, like, I was blessed enough to have a great year this year. So I really just put my head down and mm-hmm. work after I got hurt. Because, I mean, you like I said, you can only control you can control. So I can't control what happens. But I feel like I would have had a good year if I did play. I never really thought about it until you asked me. Yeah. But I feel like if I if I could play, I feel like I would have done good. But you felt like you were on track to, to play. You obviously weren't going to probably start necessarily, but you felt like you would have yeah. played a bit and yeah, contributed. Yeah, I would have played behind Joe and, yeah. and Neo Garvin. So, I mean, I, I think I would have had a good year, but nothing like the year I had mm-hmm. um, my retro freshman yeah. year. Yeah, hey, guys, I, you know, talking about what that would have been like, what about if had you returned? for next season what do you think that would be like for you i feel like i would have done better i feel like i would have gotten better i feel like i already did before i opted out i got i got bigger and stronger and i feel like i, was, I still kept my speed if not if, if not i got faster but like, i feel like i was poised to have another another great season um um, um god willing and i feel like i would have been out there dominating honestly so yeah like i said it was tough to turn guy down you know Mm-hmm. Do you, hey Greg, do, do you think, you know, that NCAA rule they have now that players for this year can, you know, for next season can return without losing a year of eligibility? Do you like that rule? And, you know, um, I know, I know everybody has to make their own individual decision, obviously, like you did, but uh, what are the pros to that? Why is that a good decision if you think it, or a good new rule if that is? 
a good road. I think I think it's a really good rule with everything going on, like in just in the country right now with with COVID and everything else. Like it's just been really crazy. So I feel like it's good just to for those kids to be able to hit that reset button and come back. If they how, if they how, how great do you think it would be if uh if you know, like you know, Roche and Phillips and those guys all return next season instead of let's say turning pro early or whatever. Uh, I mean, uh, I can't really speak out their situations because I don't know what they got going on, but that would be good for the University of Miami. That would be really cool for them because they keep a lot of great, great players. So, yeah, that would be, pre- so, yeah, be pretty cool for sure. Greg, I meant to ask you this earlier. Um, I remember when we found out you were going pro, was, we were just kind of talking to Manny Diaz, and I think like in the middle of a press conference, uh, you maybe texted him or, or maybe right before you guys had talked. Um yeah, we, what, we already talked before. You guys had talked before. What was the reception yeah. from your teammates? And, you know, the, I don't know, like, what was that like? Did you kind of address them all or tell them all? Did you tell certain yeah, people in person? Them. Yeah, I told them. And they're happy for me, bro, because like, at the end of the day, like, that's the goal. The goal is to – that's why people play football. I mean, you – like, I play because I love it. But at the same time, I also play because it, it can enhance the lives yeah. of my family and my life. And, you know, and for you to be able to go to the NFL, like, it's always a blessing. I don't feel like there's anything – there shouldn't be any, like, negative – like like stigma or anything around it because it's, it's a lot of people can't live out their dreams and make it. So I feel like for me to be able to do it, I feel like if you're not happy, like you got to look yourself in the mirror, you know, if you're not like, oh yeah, good for that person. Did anyone say anything to you that like, I don't know, particularly sticks with you? Like someone who was like really happy for you or really excited for you? Uh Yeah, like like people like my family, my girlfriend, you know, my, my closest friends, they all really supported me. So I'm, I was really happy about them. I know they always got my back, so... Hey, Greg, I've, I've just one last thing for me. One last question is, well, I'm not sure about the support. I know everybody, I think all the young fans really love you a lot. Um, what's been the reaction from UM fans? And, you know, if you had a message for them or anything you would want to say to UM fans in general now? I mean, the message is, it's been good. I mean, there's, there's always like hate on Twitter and stuff and negative comments, people who DM me. But like, at the end of the day, like, that's life, you know, they're going to feel how they feel there. And they're, they have an opinion, you know, they're, I mean, everybody think, looks at things differently. And I, I, I look at decisions like I made the right choice, but they might think that I made the wrong choice and they're entitled to their own opinion. So, I mean, I, I hope, I, I mean, I hope maybe, maybe someday they'll understand a little bit and be like, Oh yeah, maybe you did it because of this or that. If they ever got in a situation uh, like mine, but I mean, like, like I said, like, I can't control what they think. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm wishing them the best, whether they, they like my decision or don't like it, you know? You know what? That kind of sho- that actually kind of shocks me because, I like, you're the nicest person in the world, honestly. And I thought, I thought you were going to say, oh, everybody's been great and supportive, but I should have figured, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. That's cool. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, you know? It's but, social media. It yeah, is what it is. They don't know me as a person, you know? Yeah. They haven't heard me talk in person. They haven't hung out with me. They might, they might think I'm a jerk, you know? So... <laughs> You feel me? Oh, well, I think we can all assure them you are not. No, yeah. I, no. I know, I know I'm not, but I, I can't, I don't know what they think about me, you know? They probably just see that I opted out and they look at it as like, oh, he's selfish. Like, all, yeah. you know, all he cares about is, is himself and, and all that stuff. But yeah, as we said, you are every game, you are locked in. Um, I, I want to finish you with this one. Uh, we've heard so much throughout the season, and, and obviously so far the results have, have kind of backed it up, that this season, uh, this team is different in terms of, I don't know whether it's 
um, you know, just the leadership or the maturity. Obviously, it's a lot of, of older guys starting in, in the way that, you know, we have not seen really a letdown performance yet from this Miami team. Um, I think naturally, at least us in the media, kind of trace a lot of that back to De'Eric. Just, you know, obviously the quarterback is naturally going to be the leader. Um, what were your impressions? Obviously, you didn't get that long with him. Uh, but what were your impressions just being around him, the way guys rally around him, gravitate toward him, respect him? Well, what did you kind of get from, from those uh, few months you had, you know, practicing and working out with him? Uh, being with him and um, watching him, like, lift and train in the summer, he's like one of those dudes that are just, like, last uh, first man in the building, last one out. So he's really somebody that the whole entire team and whole entire offense gravitated towards and really can take after and really take a page out of his book. So he's definitely somebody that that I really – Wish I was able to play with, but I mean, like you said, like you said, like he's that dude, you know. Like you, you like you look at him and you're like, man, like he just gives you motivation because he's such a tough player. You know, he's gonna put his neck out, neck out there and put his head on the line for the whole team and really just put the team on his back. So I feel like he's a great piece for mm-hmm. the Miami Hurricanes. Is there anyone else on the team that maybe we'd be surprised to learn is like kind of big leader behind the scenes, like that the guys kind of, um, whether it's vocal or, or a guy like that who who just kind of. Is you you know he's gonna work hard and like you said put his neck out there. Is there someone we might not expect on the team who who's important to this whole equation? Uh, I'd say Bubba Bolden for sure, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's been amazing. He, his yeah. play has been like outstanding. He's really he's really impressed me. That Clemson game when he had the bloody nose, like that was yeah 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 like that type of stuff, man. Like he he leads on and off the field and really just leads by example with his play. You know, I mean. It's always cool to be vocal, but if you can't back it up when you're out there in the field, it doesn't mean nothing. You can talk all you want, but he's one of those dudes who, who really can back it up. All right. Do you want to make a prediction for the rest of the season? Are they winning out? Are they getting back to the ACC championship game? Uh, yeah, I feel like they will. I feel like they actually will. I feel like they're going to win every single game, and hopefully Clemson or Notre Dame, one of those teams, loses like an extra game. Or yeah, something. the tiebreakers are absurd. Where We don't even really know how they work. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, hopefully they could score a lot of points. In the <laughs> so, like, so like, maybe let's say Clemson goes undefeated and Notre Dame has a loss to Clemson. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe, maybe they'll go by like points scored. So hopefully, like, the offense or like maybe points allowed. So maybe hopefully we <laughs> win these games in like some good fashion. So, um, so they could have a chance to go to Charlotte and compete for an ACC championship, which would be the first one, I think. Yeah, it would be the second one they're competing. Well, yeah, they're going for their first win, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. That would be yeah, pretty that'd amazing. Be, that'd be dope. And I feel like they could really do it. I feel like they have the best shot that, that they've had in years, like mm-hmm. for a while, you know? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right, Greg. Th- thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, glad to hear you're doing well. Good luck with everything um, up there as you prepare for the draft. How big are you now, by the way? Forgot to ask you that. Uh, 266. 266. 266. Yeah. And, and how much percent body fat? <laughs> uh, I haven't, I haven't done the body fat test in a minute, but I, last time I was like 13. I'll say one of my favorite things to, to see is, you know, like the, basically the leap guys take from the moment they early enroll toward like that first summer, just how, how big you get. Like, I remember seeing you for the first time after you got on campus and you looked like you like ate another Greg Rousseau. Yeah, I feel like it's great. Yeah. Early enroll, because honestly, before the first game, you already have like nine months of training. Yeah, you know? definitely. Rather than just coming in and having like two or three. 
So I feel like in early enrolling is huge. And if I, if I could do it all over again, I would do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's great. Awesome, Greg. Thanks again. Um, and we'll uh, be sure to keep in touch and, and maybe we'll get you back on um, definitely as we get a little closer to the draft or, or maybe a little later on this season if, uh, if we, we see an ACC championship in sight or something like that. Okay, cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you Great. so much. For sure. God bless you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. Yeah, stay safe stay up on. there. You too. Okay. All right, stay safe. Peace. Peace.